yeah, with the with the Internet of Things being or, or all of these kind of devices that we've got access to and access to these different platforms and everything that's available, we, we typically see, you know, being always on, always connected as a problem. It's always referred to as um, kind of detrimental to your mental health. Um, but I think when we are comparing that to, or when we're looking at it in this context, when we're looking at it from um, a, you know, high hygiene is life type situation at the well hygiene is life but you know um hygiene could cost you or hygiene awareness could cost you your life if you're not yeah. careful especially in the pandemic this yeah. I, I could actually see this um being beneficial for people's mental health uh, yeah. by having the confidence with the data uh, understanding um as, as we say that kind of contact tracing and understanding where people are coming and going understanding which you know, in these big, large buildings we've been talking about, which toilets are the safest to use, um, all of that as well. So, um, yeah, what did, did, would you agree with that? Yeah, Danny, I, I think you're right on about it. Um, you know, data and IoT maybe specifically, you know, are kind of the boogeyman these days. You know, there's a lot of fear-mongering, I would call it, um, going on in the press, and some of it quite right, right? There are real dangers around data. There's real dangers around IoT and wearables. You know, and the dangers, I, I will just hang the hook of, you know, um, the threat of human right violation of some form or another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we are inherently giving up something as individuals. Um, privacy, I think, is, is probably the, the, the best term to put on it when we allow ourselves to be instrumented at these levels. Um, But I am an optimist about this uh, because what I see is the benefit to humanity, to individuals and us as a group, both in having real high quality data about the real world available to help us make better decisions. Because like I said, fundamentally, the world has gotten too big. It's gotten too complex for people to make good decisions just using their, their, their Mm. noodle. Right. Mm. Um, we really need something to supplement our human decision-making when we get more complex than, you know, the hundred people that we're comfortably um, able to know and, and care for. And so that's really where data, I think, has the opportunity to allow the human race to continue to scale without burning our planet out, right? Like, I don't know how we do any of these great things in sustainability without having data as a fundamental assumption, because, you know, there's... A lot of people, we keep adding more people. We're not adding a whole lot more earth. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about, you know, the built space, say, well, real estate, you know, is that super important? I think it's critical to sustainability because that's the one thing that we certainly can't create anymore is space. So the way we use space is a proxy for the way we use time. It's the proxy for the way we use energy. Um, It is absolutely the focus it's, it's the way we use transportation because where are you going? You're going from one space to another space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, if we can get better data and generate better insights, we can make better decisions about resource allocation mm-hmm. that balances the, the impact of the earth and the well-being of the people. And at the end of the day, how could you get better than that, right? That, and, and, and we need to do it because, you know, we've got a couple hundred years of experience in the industrial revolution of seeing what happens when people try to use their head to make these decisions alone. And I honestly don't believe that people, business owners, 
factory managers want to pollute the environment. I don't think they want to take advantage of the people that work for them. I don't think they want to be abusive to consumers. Um, I don't believe that there's many evil people in the world. What I do see is that the reality of managing complexity really quickly gets out of people's um, um, comfort zone, right? That it's easy to make bad decisions with reduced data. It's easy to make um, mistakes. Um, and um, it's hard to get out of that traction. I see data and data-driven as being the way to supplement this so that we can all do better with what we've got in the world. Um, so that's a pretty big mission, right? But I mean, that's yeah. hugely important. But naturally, we have to balance those two things, right? What are we giving up as individuals? And what do we get as both individuals and society out of it? Um, and I think that's the conversation we ought to be having. Not about, oh, can't be measured. Oh, we shouldn't have surveillance. Um, no, it's how do we do it responsibly? How do we do it sensibly so that the benefits outweigh the risk? And uh, I think that can be done. I really do. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I'd completely, I completely agree with that. And it's a really, really interesting perspective. Um, I think that we have moved incredibly fast uh, from a technological standpoint um, globally. Um, we, I don't know if you've ever tried to go off the grid, but it's, uh, it's nigh on impossible. Um, yeah almost impossible and you, you always come back <laughs> because the world the world as we understand it or most people do anyway um i wouldn't know about anyone else i can't find them they're off the grid but <laughs> most, <laughs> most people come back and uh they they do so because it's the world that they understand it's the world that we i mean we've we've created it our children are born into it it, yeah. it is whether we like it or not it is the world that we understand so uh adaptation is is, is definitely key it, it, right. it is definitely key. And I think that um, if you can use, you, you, we should totally use the data that's available to us. I think yeah. making ourselves more efficient, uh, giving it, you know, I, I, I see it as being beneficial uh, based upon everything we've discussed today as well as, you know, if we can make better decisions, we can better utilize our, our time. Uh, we can better understand right. where, you know, where are the best places to be productive at specific points in time? Absolutely. Um, is is this the kind of is this is this the future for you, Tim? Is this is this the way you see things going? And I I know you kind of previously mentioned it. I'd I'd really like to get your take on it because, quite honestly, this is very contradictory to a lot of the discussions we have, um, and it is it's really refreshing, productive, and and very exciting. So. I'd like to understand what you know. I guess fine. My final take in. On, on on our discussion today really is what where do you if, if you can kind of predict a future and, and, and what does that look like being data driven what where, where do where do you see us in in the kind of the long term what, how do you see this data being used to improve the uh the quality uh of our lives yeah well that's um it's a it's deep a question. question to go into but uh <laughs> but I, I think i'm game for it um there are maybe two things I want to cover here for you. Um, the first is that I think the world already has too many sensors. And that sounds counterintuitive because one of the key things my business does is deploy more sensors. Um, so let me come back to that. The second thing is I think there's a lot of focus on how, I'll just say big brother, right? Whether that's corporations or government or, you know, some large entity is trying to use data to impact the behavior of individuals. And that's creepy for a lot of reasons. 
So that I think that's that's number two. So number one, I think that what we really care about is that the data coverage of the world gives us accurate, reliable, and detailed, real data about how things in the world are behaving, right? Not subjective, not human reported, not close enough, but, you know, real high quality data. Um, today, you know, we'll stick up, you know, these special purpose sensors, air quality sensors, temperature, presence, feedback, you know, all these things that we deploy today. But the reality is there's already sensors in almost every building you ever go into, right? You see these blinking things on a ceiling in a conference room, you go into a hospital, there's all kinds of things stuck to walls and ceilings, and it's always not always clear what they all do, but they represent a really baby view of a, of a data ecosystem, right? So we're coming from this stovepipe world. And frankly, I think it's stovepipe because these things are complicated, they're expensive, and then people are scared. And, but in reality, what we don't need more things measuring. What we need is the ability to share the things we're already measuring more broadly, which I think implies more safely, more reliably in my mind, and, and really key to our intellectual property is with transparency and control from all of the parties in a data ecosystem, right? So the consumers and the contributors, right? So the individuals and the government and the company and all the people who want to consume this data. Um, the analogy I provide to people, I think that makes sense is, you know, the world we live in right now, if people want to know where my dog is at any given time, you know, they'll stick a little location sensor on a collar. But if I've got five entities that care about where my dog is. I care, my vet cares, my dog food company cares, my, my local council cares. If everybody's got to stick a sensor onto my dog, um, eventually the dog will tip over. It's not a very big dog. <laughs> it's, it's this ridiculous extreme, right? Of yeah, uh -huh. It can't be one sensor, one, one data consumer. But I think that's the way the world thinks right now. Instead, what we want is one person to put that tag on and share it to all the five, 10, 100 people entities that care about the location of the dog so that we don't have to stick up more sensors. Better yet, there's probably already enough video enabled uh, doorbells to be able to track my dog if it gets out of my yard and is wandering in the neighborhood. The chances are pretty good that video is picking him up, walking around, sniffing people's hedges, right? Yeah. Um, if we could create an ecosystem where that data could be processed, um, could be shared, then I could probably take the sensor off the dog's neck in the first place. What does that do? It, re it removes the, the amount of surveillance actually, right? Creates a quieter space, fewer devices, fewer blinking lights, fewer eyes in the sky, less consumer waste, less battery waste, less radio frequency pollution, right? All the things that these sensors are creating. Um, we don't need it all. What we need is a better data ecosystem. Um, what do you got to do to balance that with, with, you know, now we're in the cybersecurity realm, what do you got to do to make that palatable? Obviously you have to provide transparency and control so that people feel okay about that sharing because that's, what's blocking us right now. It's not the technology. Um, it's not the number of sensors in the world. Yeah. There's still some places that need a camera or an audio or a, a temperature sensor. Sure. But um, you know, for the most part, I think the world does have too many sensors already. We could reduce that if we could make the, ecosystem more fluid with respect to data sharing. So I see the future as that. 
is we can get rid of some of this instrumentation, get rid of some of this surveillance, but we also then need to open up to having the data we're already collecting be more shareable. And that's why we're called MicroShare at the end of the day. What the hell does MicroShare have to do with buildings or IoT or anything else? It's really that idea, you know, lubricating that marketplace. So that's that's one. You want to comment before I go to two? No, no, no. Go right ahead. That's right crazy. Um, so I don't believe IoT is evil, but I also think we got too much and, and adding more is not sustainable long term. So, so number two of that is, is it up to Big Brother to change my behavior? I don't think that's the right way to think about this. Um, what I look to the future is, is more like the app that many of us have on our phone, like Waze. Waze is the, you know, the traffic app help you find the best way to get from your house to your, to your office or to, you know, the local chippy, I suppose. Um, what they're doing behind the scenes is crunching a tremendous amount of information, right? They've got spatial data. They've got traffic data, which is really just measuring cars in motion. They've got human reported, Hey, there's an accident. There's a police um, uh, radar in this area. Um, they're crunching a tremendous amount of data to make a very simple experience available to us as, as a user. It just tells me how to get there the fastest. Mm -hmm. right? So Danny, I don't know. Is that mean ways is, is, is changing my behavior or does that mean I'm using this tool to make my life better in a sense that's both. But what I see is if you give people the tools to make their lives better, they will use them. What you got to do is take all the complex data and make it available in a way that makes it just a natural part of their life. And they will use it and consume it because it does just, it, it just makes sense, right? Nobody wants to waste their time sitting on a freeway. Um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to waste your life on the M1. Um, you know, it's just no, no, nobody benefits from that. So, but in that context, I think people who use Waze, you know, they're giving up some freedom, right? The Waze is measuring where you are, how fast you're going in order to give everybody the view of, is the traffic flowing or is it not? Is there a lot of people on the, uh, on this particular road or are there not? Um, and we, and we maybe don't think about that so, so clearly because it adds so much value. So if you extend that to the space that I'm talking about with IOT data sharing and measurement in the built space, mm. you know, to me, this is, you know, that's why we're driving our car. We're trying to get to a place to do a thing. So what can I measure and help you optimize your life around that experience? Mm. Right? Which place do you go to? Is that place clean? Is that place too crowded? Um, does that place have the people you care about interacting with? Cause you're, you're there to do a thing, you know, in a case of knowledge work, it's often collaboration with some other people. Mm. So if you look at your daily planner and say, I'm going to work from home some days, I'm going to work at the office downtown some days, I might work at the WeWork or a coffee shop or something else locally. How do I plan that complex life going forward? Mm. Well, you know, you got to have some tools. You got to have a ways for the office area, right? You got to have a ways for um, hospitals. You got to have a ways for the airport so that you can then begin to see, am I comfortable going to the space? Is it going to be an infection risk? Is there a desk for me to sit at in the first place? Um, is traffic going to be bad on Wednesday? So maybe I should go reserve a desk at, you know, at 11 o'clock rather than nine o'clock because traffic will be better. The, the bathrooms will be cleaner and the people that I want to collaborate have time open and there's a conference room available at noon, right? Oh, and you know, we can get, we can get a good, a good healthy lunch delivered at that time. You just think about 
the stuff that that humans could have um, delivered to them in that way, right? The well-being that we can increase if we could just take that data and make it more friendly for people to to make their own decisions on. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love it. I love everything you just said, and it sounds like a, a perfect a perfect future. I think that the, the concern really is around uh, trusting people to use that data responsibly, right? Um, it, it's it, it, it there is there is value there uh, there is value in existing tools that are available uh, for for different areas of life um, it's what people do with that data to manipulate people's behavior i think is 100%. the problem um, yeah. i think that's the bit that scares scares the majority of people well do you know it scares people like you and i because we understand what's going on i think the problem is is that the majority don't understand how they're being manipulated um, I think that's because right, yeah. people have access to their data so much information about them they don't really see the harm in it <laughs> because on, a, on an individual level they can't see the harm in it but i guess i guess the problem is is that when it falls into the uh, hands of people that are not responsible with data um they use it in many different ways to manipulate what you're thinking and and effectively yeah. control your decisions and, and, and i think Dana, that's also the source of the backlash which is you know if you are taken by surprise mm. the even a minor negative gets amplified in your mind, right? It's like, oh, I didn't know there were snakes in my garden. Well, was that a dangerous snake you found? Uh, maybe not, but it was a snake and you were surprised. You're going to be, I think, a little bit more uh, anxious about the snake. If you knew there was a snake in your garden and one day you saw one, you know, you might be, oh, geez, there's a snake. But it was you had the expectation that there might be one in the first place. So I think what you're describing there is, you know, the educated have a watchful um, aspect to it, but I, t I think we tend not to overreact to it. But then you see these spikes in the press when, you know, people who are going about their daily lives, not worried about this sort of thing, frankly, because it's, it's pretty abstract to them. When it becomes tangible, they tend to overreact. I think the real peril for us in the industry right now is that we allow the government to react to that populist overreaction in ways that make it much harder to use data to manage um, businesses, to manage public life, to manage individual life. I think that will have a negative impact. And the reason I think it will have a negative impact is that they will react to the wrong things. It's not the presence of the snake in the garden, right? It's the remediation of the poison that matters, right? Don't go killing all snakes. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe mm -hmm. don't even kill the poisonous ones, but but figure out how to neutralize the poison, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what's what does that mean in the analogy in my mind? Well, first of all, transparency is absolutely key in my mind, right? Because if you can see what's happening with your data, you'll be less afraid of it. You might not like everything you see that's going on, right? Um, but it's the fear of the unknown that I think is the worst for those that build an awareness. And I think the press is doing a great job of making more and more people aware without having the sophistication to really parse how great a risk this actually is. So transparency, I think, is step number one. If you can see what's going on, there's a small subset of people who will then care enough to say, okay, well, actually, I want to change things. I don't want my data to be used for that, but I'll allow it to be used for this, right? No marketing, but, but research, okay. Um, don't use it to sell things to me, but, you know, help me determine if I'm about to have a heart attack, 
right? Help me get to my work faster. Make, you know, make sure that the bathroom I'm about to use has been cleaned, right? So yeah. to me, it's transparency first, secondarily um, provide the, the controls that people want to use. Let's say, you know, these are the, the common sense rules about how I want my data to be shared. And in an ecosystem, right? You could also call that a marketplace. There may be monetary implications as well. So do I feel differently about selling my data or renting my data than I do about just losing it or being taken from me, being stolen from me? I think that's the other human instinct is you're taking something of value from me. You're not giving, you're not allowing me to participate in the value creation from that. I think a better data, data sharing ecosystem would also allow that possibility to saying if my data is high value, why shouldn't I get, you know, a cent to have you deliver a better ad to me? Maybe that, you know, I can see it happening. Yeah. I can control it and I can, I can benefit from it in a very tangible way. Yeah. Maybe I'll let it keep going. But I think ultimately every marketplace has some bad actors, but I really think they're not that many. You know, I've worked for what I think the current generation would think of as some pretty evil people and working for financial institutions. I can tell you, you know, uh, my, my antenna has always been up for looking for malfeasance and I've never found it. I found people trying to do good things for customers with imperfect data, um, maybe with poorly aligned incentives. So I think if we can give them better data, give them better incentives and shine the light into that dark area, I think everybody will have less to fear. Um, and I think that'll, you know, I know this is American perspective perhaps rather than a European one, but I'd rather have less government regulation and more human regulation, more user regulation, right? I think that's universal. I'd like to think anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so we're really saying make, giving the people, making the people autonomous around their own data and responsible yeah. for their own data and making decisions, uh, making decisions about their data. Yeah.